welcome to episode number 147 of the Wrestling Insomniac Podcast. My name is Mike. Joining me on the show this week, the founder, promoter of Interspecies Wrestling, Mike Roch. Uh, we talk about, well, we talk about ISW, we talk about current wrestling, we talk about past wrestling, we talk about coronavirus, we talk about everything. It's just a conversation with no real direction, but we get there. We get there. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please leave me a comment. You can email me, uh, superstarreview at gmail.com. Please check out the, the blog, therustlinginsomniac.com. You can contact me through there as well. But uh, overall, just thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Wow, you can actually record in Skype now? Yeah, yeah. Oh. If we had the cameras on it, we'd record the video as well. That's cool. Yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I don't do that either. That's why my camera's off. Yeah, man. Maybe if I was better looking. But, like, you know. Um, nobody, oh, nobody like, I What did you say, brother? I said nobody wants to see my ugly ass. Yeah, same here. That's why it's, this is why it's, I, I, I have an audio. That's it. We, we, we got faces for, faces for radio, for internet radio. Yeah. Right, right. That, that's why I have an audio show and not a video show. Although, you know, I'm down 76 pounds now, so... Uh, Dude, man, that's pretty sweet. Someday, I'll be on. I'll have a, a, a face for the airwaves, I guess. When we're going for those uh, WCW Cruiserweight titles, tag team titles, those <laughs> ugly-ass belts. Oh, God, weren't they ugly? Yeah, what, what, what would we be, like the third champions? Yeah, because uh, we had, uh, was it uh, Elix Skipper and Kid Romeo were champs one, and then uh, Billy the Kidman. Animals. Yeah. yeah, they won the titles in the last uh, Nitro, and then they were never seen from again. I, I, wonder if, I wonder if Ray and Kidman still have the physical belts. I bet you they do, man, because I feel like, like a lot of people end up keeping their belts. Because, I mean, I think Rhino kept his ECW belts, and somebody stole yeah. one from his house or something, right? Oh shit! Really? I didn't know yeah. about that one. I knew we had them. I I don't know if it's true, man. I always heard that somebody stole the television title from him. That's fucking crazy. Well, I mean, it's 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 the more valuable belt. I mean, after what RVD did with it and everything, like oh that's the yeah, belt, I mean, that's the belt you'd want. No, I, I agree with that. You know, quite frankly, I'm as much as I, I love ECW because I mean, realistically, I'm forty. I'm gonna be yeah. forty-one here this year, so. When ECW really hit big in uh, like you know ninety six ninety seven, right? That was I was seventeen eighteen years old at that time, and so I mean that was right up my alley for professional wrestling. And my buddy, uh, I, I live in Maine, and my buddy who lived in in Sabatis, he had one of those twenty foot satellites in his backyard. And yeah. so Friday to Saturday one a.m. on Sports Channel Philadelphia or whatever, we got ECW TV. So every Friday night, I go to his house after school, and then we would watch uh, ECW. And and uh, I couldn't be there; he'd record it. We recorded it every time, but I mean, he'd get me the tape so I could watch it. But I mean, that was right up our alley. Like that was my prime. We were the prime uh, target audience they were looking for. You see, like I'm from Canada, so in Canada, we didn't even get ECW until until TNN. So, oh, like, so you got the well, kind of. Almost watered down version of ECW. Well, no, I was lucky though because I got to see it beforehand because I had friends who were tape traders. But even before yep. that, I had I had read about it in like PWI and whatnot, and then I saw their invasion of Raw that one time, 
And I was just like, I'm hooked. Oh, I need geez. to see these guys more. And my uncle had a hacked satellite dish, so I would yep. convince him to let me sleep over so I could stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning and watch ECW on the Sunshine Network. And then I would go okay. to school, like the 11th grade, and tell all my friends, like, yo, this dude just incredible as this shit. <laughs> so, well, what's, what's funny about that is... Um, uh, ECW, the Raw invasions. I mean, they they invaded uh, multiple shows. Uh, yeah, like and, and I I enjoyed the matches that they put on in Raw. I mean, I, it's not that I had I had stopped watching Raw, but it had not become a priority. But then when I saw that ECW was going to be on, I was like, hell yeah! You yeah, know, something uh, different. Yeah, and I had already been watching, like I said, ECW at my buddy's house. And then when they started doing pay per views, it was like I could get the pay per view at my house. Right. So I I get all the pay per views, and and tape them, of course, because I yeah. was one of those tape traders as well. And uh, I just yeah, ECW was right in my wheelhouse. But at the same time, when they got on the TNN there, the national the national network or the national network, whatever they called it at the time, they both. Yeah, we we got the version of ECW that they aired on TNN was not like the hardcore TV I was used to because they they. New Jack was never on there for starters, and it's he was not on that we didn't get times. He got stapled in the eye. Oh, that's right. Yeah, for an angle, but I mean, yeah, for the most part, he he wasn't there. For the most part, a lot of the violence was toned down. But we did get some great matches. You know, we got uh, a couple of Masato Tanaka versus Mike Austin matches. Right, which I, I can, yeah. I love their matches. We got, I'm we a got, big Mike Austin we, fan. We got Tanaka's title win on TNN. <laughs> yeah, so. and then title lost two weeks later. So, funny story about, like, uh, New Jack and uh, the Baldies little feud there. So, like, that shit happens. And I was marking out for the Baldies for some reason. I really liked those guys. I I mean, I hated it when, like, PN News joined because he just giggled like an asshole. But, uh, like, like, uh, DeVito and and Angel, right? They were the shit. And so, fast forward to, you know, I'm running ISW. And I'm running a show one day, and I just hear that, like, Bill Carr's coming, and he's bringing a friend. It's like, all right, Bill can bring whoever the hell he wants. I love Bill. So he brings a friend, and I'm just like, holy fuck, is that who I think it is? And then this guy walks up to me. He's like, hey, man, uh, like, I'm I'm Tony. And I'm like, dude, motherfucker, like, you're fucking Tony DeVito. Like, like, are you fucking serious, man? The fucking Baldies. Like, this dude just came to just hang out at one of my shows, and it was one of the coolest things ever. And he was so awesome. Like, he was the nicest dude. So, like, I don't know, man. It was a real mark-out moment for me, you know? And he was he was kind of shocked that I was marking out for him, but I'm like, motherfucker, don't you know who the fuck you are? Like, the Baldies, right. bro. Like, you guys so, stapled New have, Jack in the eye. I have a Tony DeVito story. Oh, shit. I have several. Um, several? So back, so back in the day, back in 1997, uh, we had a new wrestling league here in May called EWA Eastern Wrestling Alliance. Okay. And it was show number two because the first two shows that they did, I say it's the second show I went to, but the first two shows that they did, March of 97, they did it in conjunction with uh, Tony Rumble's Century Wrestling Alliance. And so it was basically a CWA show. I mean, we got Rumble on the show. We got Abdul the Butcher versus Tony Alice, Vic Steamboat, Big Rick Fuller, The Brotherhood. You know, we got a lot of great wrestlers, in my opinion. Main event was the Power Twins against the uh, Public Enemy in a tag team match. Of course, the Power Twins went through a table. The second show that EWA did that I went to was, um, I think it was at the Lewiston Armory. And 
after the show was over, my buddy Jay and I, we hung out because we wanted to watch him take the ring apart. And apparently the ring rental was Tony DeVito. And Tony said, what are you guys doing? And we were like, oh, just watching you take the ring apart. And he's like, well, why don't you give us a hand? And I was like, okay. So we helped him take the ring apart and load it up in the van and everything. And it was um, Tony DeVito, Mike Bell, um, a guy, a a a young wrestler to name. uh, He was going by Terrence W. Sledge and then T.W. Pierce. A wrestler named Rican Havoc. Uh, a guy named Jeff, and I can't think of his last name, but they called him Dirty Jeff because he smelled really bad. And then uh, the manager fell a name, Mike. And it was always Tony and Mike Bell and, and Pierce. And then like wreaking havoc and Jeff and Mike, they may rotate in and out for the next several, for the next year that they rented the ring from Tony for EWA. Yeah. And so at, when we finished helping him, he said, Hey, why don't you, if you show up early to the next show and help us, uh, help us set up, you know, you guys fuck around in the ring. And so that's what we did. <clears throat> and so we started going to the shows and helping Tony set the ring up and tear the ring down. And he actually started showing us some stuff and uh, working with us in the ring and everything. And, and it was a lot of fun. So because we'd get there so early to help him set up and everything, we'd go have dinner together or we would go, they'd go get whippets. And that was hilarious. But my favorite story is, involving we were at uh, livermore falls high school and first show and mike bell got hit in the head with a chair by richard superstar richard burns i believe it was and it split his head open pretty bad and uh my buddy jay at the time worked security at me at central Maine medical center in lewiston and so mike needed stitches and so jay drove mike to hospital to get stitches and i rode with tony in, in the ring van and everything to, to head back to lewiston to the hotel and tony really didn't know where he was and we're driving down the road and i'm in the front seat with him and he's just going on and on and on but all the times he's been up to maine he's never seen a fucking moose why hasn't he seen a moose and he's going on and on and we're sitting we're sitting there and a moose just walks right out in the road and Jeez. i go well if you don't slow down you're gonna hit that fucking moose right there tony and he went holy shit you know fucking moose took <laughs> off off in the woods that's but um, that was, I mean, as a, I mean, at the time I was 17 then I turned 18 that year. And then it was a, it was, it was a blast for me and my buddy Jay, you know, like him showing us shit in the ring and just hanging out with, with Tony DeVito and Mike Bell. And, and he was, like you say, he's a wicked, nice guy. You know, uh, he treated us with respect. Obviously we treated him with respect. You know, he got pissed off at us when we bought tickets to the show because he's like, no, you're with us. You don't buy tickets. You help us with the ring. You help us take the ring down. Um, so it was, it was awesome. It was, uh, I was a huge market, obviously still am. And uh, so that was just uh, memories I have, I've had now forever. And I, I always will, but yeah, Tony's a wicked, awesome, nice guy. That's awesome. Yeah. He's, he was super nice, man. Like I remember like, I don't know like why he stopped wrestling. He told me something. It was a health thing. And he was like, you know, if I could still go, he's like, he's like, it would be awesome to be here. Because like after the show, he actually like, he like pulled me aside and he's just like, this show was awesome. And I'm just like, like holy shit, dude! Like, it meant the world to me. I mean, like, like to him, like for for some reason, he he acted like he was a nobody. And I'm just like, are you fucking serious? Like, do you know who you are, bro? I like, mean, he was legit a humble guy. You know? Yes, big time. 
But like every Friday, like he was on my goddamn TV cutting promos on fucking New York subways and shit. You know what I mean? Like basically yeah. like him and Angel, like Angel going, hey, Papa, like, like he's going to fucking kill New Jack. Like it was the greatest thing ever, man. And then like, I don't know, man. I just I love DCW, man. I did, too. And it was kind of shitty, I guess, because like, you know, Tony stopped wrestling in around 2011, I think it was 2010, 2011. And then he came back a couple years ago and he wrestled a handful of matches in Florida. And I thought, oh, shit, is he is he back? Are we going to get to see him wrestling again? Like, like, yeah, seriously. Nope. He literally just did like a handful of matches over a couple months in Florida. He had a match book for WrestleMania weekend this year. Oh, did he? Yeah, it was I didn't know be, that. It was going to be Carnage Crew against Team Tremendous for oh, ICW. Shit. I didn't know that. That would have been awesome. Yeah, dude. Oh, you know what? I did know that. I did remember that now. That's right, because I saw that, and I got wicked fucking excited to see he yeah. was going to be wrestling. I just forgot. But yes, I remember that now. Yeah. it's It'll still happen, man. Like, I mean, all these promotions, I, I'm pretty sure they're just going to pick. They're going to, like... They don't have to go through the problems of like like thinking of oh what are we going to book what are we going to because honestly they've already got it all laid out it's just you know the world's yeah. on pause right now and once the pause buttons uh, hit and or once the play buttons hit and we can go back yeah. to normal they're just going to fucking resume as they were and like I mean I'm sure some people are going to go balls out like wrestling's going to be crazy because people are going to be so starved for it that they're going to go insane for like a body slam it's going to be incredible. I I just keep thinking about. I mean, uh, obviously here in Maine, our biggest indie fed we have is is uh, I don't know why I still call them federations, but promotion is is limitless yeah. wrestling. You know, Randy Carver. Yes. Yeah, and, Randy. And, um, yeah, and I tell you, man, I just I'm I'm waiting for that first show in the crowd, waiting for that first time the music hits. And, yes. I've, I, and I've stupidly thought about this. It's like, it's got to be someone who's got music that's very recognizable. If you did someone like Troy Nel- Top Shelf Troy Nelson or Ashley Vox, whose music people sing along with, that would does, be... Does more Troy Nelson still got the careless whisper? Yes. Yes. See, yeah, that's that's like an instant, like, you want that vibe. You want that sing-along yes. vibe. You know, that'll be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like people are going to lose their minds. It was like back in, I think it was December, they had their show. It was called Flirting with Disaster. And yeah. every time I typed the name of the show when I was posting something or read it on a post or whatever, I immediately thought of the song Flirting with Disaster. And mm. I was like, if that show doesn't open with that song playing as Rich is walking to the ring, then they've completely fucked up and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And they didn't do that. Instead, Rich sang the song. Oh my god! Because they had a guy there playing guitar, so they had a live guitar player. They had the rest of the music, you know, over the speakers, and Rich sang it. So that That's, was even better. Yo, talk about a ring announcer that goes above and beyond. Oh, Rich like, Palladino is awesome. It, you know, yeah. it, it it's funny, and I'll let you sing his praises in a quick second. But my first ever indie show in March sixteenth, nineteen ninety seven, at EWA show, Rich Palladino was the ring announcer. That's incredible. Yeah, like I used to, I did commentary for some Beyond shows back in the day, and like yep. he was always a really nice guy too. So like you know, yeah. hats off to him. He's awesome. Yeah, no, Rich is a super nice guy. So, I mean, obviously, um, you know, you you are the promoter, owner, founder of Interspecies Wrestling. You, uh, yeah, you started up in two thousand five. What made you? What made you want to get a uh, start a wrestling promotion? Well, you see, I I I, uh, 
I originally wanted to be a wrestler, and I started uh, like uh, okay, basically, I, I want to be a wrestler, but there was no wrestling schools within five hours of where I lived. And I, like, I'm sorry, just just so people know, you you're up in Canada. Yeah, I'm I know. Ottawa. Okay, so I know ISW is out of. Uh, is, is it based out of Montreal still, technically, um, or Gatineau? We or? we base out of. Uh, we say that we're from all over the fucking place because it's the truth. Okay. Like we literally run, you know, any place that'll welcome questionable pro wrestling. Um, Fair enough. But like, yeah, I'm from Ottawa, Canada. It's the capital of Canada for anybody who doesn't know. Basically, it's a big old government city. And like, there was no wrestling schools here. There wasn't even any independent wrestling here. There was some that locate that like uh, operated on the outskirts of the city, but it was such shit that we didn't want anything to do with it. You know, like right. uh, you know, like like how some people who only watch like television wrestling think that you know um, the independents are not professional wrestling; they're amateurs. You know what I mean? Like, like as like, oh, a they- fan, it astounds me that someone who watches wrestling on television doesn't watch all the wrestling they can watch and doesn't go to independent wrestling because yeah. it's that ex- live experience at an indie show is so much better than a live experience at a WWE house show. Right. Not I mean, that I won't go to a WWE house show, but I'm just saying like that live experience at an indie show, it's so much more intimate, better. I just, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to talking about where I'm from and how I got into this yeah. and everything, but like, like to, to, to comment on what you were just saying too, like the thing about like, like t- like fans who watch TV wrestling is when they move over to the indies and they become an indie fan. When somebody from the indies makes it, you feel that sense of too. Like like it's like you've made it as well because you've supported them for so long. It's yeah. it's a it's a pretty cool feeling, man. Like I have a lot of friends who have made it, and it's like a really it's it's really weird for me to like see action figures of my friends now. Like yeah, like and to own some. Like I've got figures like hanging on my wall here of like people I basically grew up with, you know, like, and, uh, but yeah, like, so I'm from Ottawa. Um, there was no wrestling school here. There was only yeah. bad wrestling on the outskirts of town. We did the backyard wrestling thing like crazy. We built an oh, 18 oh, by same. 18 foot. We built an 18 by 18 foot ring in, in the middle of the woods and had death matches. We did all that weird shit. Um, I wanted to be a wrestler pretty badly. And my goal was basically to move to Toronto, which would have been a huge mistake because I hate that city. Um, <laughs> to train to be a wrestler. And uh, yeah. one day my grandfather uh, gives me a call and he's like, hey, you need to look in the newspaper. He's like, there's an article about a wrestling school in Gatineau, which is just over the bridge into the province of Quebec. It's literally 20 minutes from my house. So I'm like, so, oh, uh, go ahead. I just want, I want to mention something real quick, just because we're on the topic of the location of Gatineau in Ottawa. Yeah. So last September, we, we met last September at a C4 show. Yes, in we did. Ottawa. Uh, yeah. I, my, I, my wife and I had traveled. We actually drove from Maine that Friday morning. We left the house, drove to, um, we stayed just north of Gatineau, actually, at our Airbnb. But we drove all the way there on that Friday. And then when we get to our room and get all set up, and then I drove back down to Ottawa uh, to go to this C4 show where we met. And yeah. I, it was hilarious to me where... You know, Gatineau and Ottawa, they're across the bridge from each other. Literally. And they couldn't be more different. Right. And, and it's and, completely different provinces, and you're, you're just driving over a bridge, and that's it. Yeah. And, and I remember we were at the uh, Canadian Museum of History, which is unbelievable, by the way. We spent the day there. It was awesome. I don't know if you've yeah. ever been or not. I, and, I have been, but I don't think I've been since it's been – I think it's been remodeled. Yeah. So like, well, we probably, went, Yeah, I haven't been for a very long time. 
I think this is it the one with the dinosaurs or is that the science museum? Uh, no, we went to the, the Museum of History that has, it doesn't, I didn't see any dinosaurs. I mean, uh, yeah, there were some dinosaurs actually, but I mean, it's just, uh, it's multiple floors. The Children's Museum is located inside that museum as well. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. So, but it's, it's in Gatineau and it was funny because I, we were at the Children's Museum and we were trying to think of something we could do because it was, it was starting to rain outside. And we had already been there like six hours. And so I asked the girl at the desk at the children's room, I was like, are you, are you aware if there's any like arcades or any inside places we can go for amusement for our son and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't, I don't know. She goes, nothing I can think of here in Gatineau. And I went, do you know if there's anything in Ottawa? And she's like, I, I don't go to Ottawa. It's yeah. It's so weird. Like, honestly, like, like yeah. look out the window behind you and see it and you don't go there. Like, yeah. Like, uh, like wrestling fans from Gatineau will not cross the bridge to come into Ottawa. And I mean, C4, they used to be located pretty much central in Ottawa. They were like right downtown and downtown is where the bridge is located. So like they wouldn't drive, you know, 15 minutes to go to a, a, an awesome C4 show because just because it's in Ottawa, it's very strange. And there's a lot of people in Ottawa that won't drive across to Quebec either because they feel like, oh, we have an Ontario license plate. The Quebec cops are going to be pissy and French and they're going to pull us over. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's very strange. I mean, I'm I'm all for going everywhere. I don't give a shit, you know? And, oh, uh, I, I agree with you. I, I, obviously, I'm the same way, but it was just, it astounded me, like, just meeting the different fans and the different people from um, in Gatineau or in Ottawa or whatever and just how separated the play two places are even though they're next to right. so close together and i got yeah. that feeling just from the the four days we were there and i mean well quebec is a province that also tried to separate from canada and ottawa is the capital city of canada so like remember that like you know maybe that's the hatred there i'm not quite i'm not really sure of what it is i mean like there's a lot of guys that live over on that side like like evil uno and Stu grayson and uh yeah. You know, so and so, and they all come to Ottawa to wrestle. There's no issue there. You know, like oh yeah, I mean, they it, were at that show. Stu was a wicked nice guy. So yeah, they're they're great dudes, man. Despite the whole cult thing that they got going on right now. <laughs> uh, um, right, right. Uh, hey, but, hey, they got them in the states to wrestle for national television, and that's it. Yeah, able to enhance their careers. Yeah, they're not they're not as creepy as you'd think. No, I, I think it's a crying shame that TDT haven't gotten the same treatment yet. You know, the month before I met you, there was a show that we did called Fighting Back. It was a charity event, and it was um, TDT versus Cody Rhodes and MJF. Yeah, and I watched the match. After the, after the match, the fans started chanting, sign these guys, sign these guys, sign these guys. And Cody cut this big, long promo teasing that he was going to sign them, and nothing ever came of it. So it was really weird. Yeah. Like uh, I know. I, like, saw the, I, I watched the match later on. And you know, I, I saw the like someone had posted the promo like the the day after or whatever, and right. um, I thought finally these guys are going to get. The, I thought when I thought when they worked some matches for Impact, doing some yeah. tapings in Canada, that they were going to get maybe even signed to Impact, and then nothing happened there. And I'm just like, why the fuck are people sleeping on these guys? Yeah, it's very strange. I don't get it. Like right now, for me, the biggest match that you can make for for me as a fan is the revival against TDT. I mean, I I, I want oh, it. Oh, yeah. I think it would be it, it's 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 the scrap that wrestling needs, man. We need that scrap. We I, need these guys to just I, throw down. I mean, 
Yeah, the, the show I went to, we got uh, LAX or Pride Powerful, whatever you want to call them now, against uh, TDT and then uh, Kobe Durst and uh, I can't think of his partner. Uh, Mad Angel. Thank you. Yeah, that was a crazy match. Yeah. Well, uh, I know. I'm just, I'm a huge fan of uh, Tabernacle Team, and, and I just want to be able to see them wrestle live. And they used to come to Limitless, but, you know, obviously they, they can't do that. No, I don't they think they want to get Mike. Uh, yeah, they don't want to get Mike Bailey. Exactly so. that. Exactly that. Yeah. Like a, a lot of the guys don't want to risk the border anymore, just because of what can happen. Um, it's yeah. crazy because you I, see, there's so many there's so many Canadians that go across all the time and wrestle. And I'm 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 wondering how the fuck they do it. <laughs> like, like whenever in the U.S. Whenever I run on the show a show in the U.S., I am stressed the hell out until I get a call from the Canadian car that says, "Hey, we got across." You know, like yeah, no, it I is get it. I so stressful. Get it. Well, yeah. So your grandfather called you. Sorry, I'm yes. a sidetracker. Oh, I'm a sidetracker as well. Uh, listen, listen, man, I never let anything get in the way of a good story. Um, yep. My grandfather, uh, he gave me a call and he's like, hey, like, there's a wrestling school. You should go check it out. You know, like maybe you could finally live your dream. And I'm thinking like, all right, grandpa, I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot. So I go there with uh, a couple friends and we're like, hey, we want to you know, we want to go to your wrestling school school and they're like okay well the classes are full right now uh we're starting a new uh like a new class in a few months or whatever i'm like all right you know um so i decided like we decided like you know like uh like i I actually kind of want to just like hang around you know what i mean so i was like what could we do for this promotion and we went to one of their shows and we noticed that they didn't have any video they didn't have anything like there was nobody filming there was nobody doing anything special there and I was just like, hey, like we could do all that. You know, like we used to film and edit our own backyard wrestling. Like we're we got that somewhat of an idea of what to do. So they're like, OK, right. cool. And they signed us on. And one of the wrestlers there just happened to be like a lighting tech for Cirque du Soleil. So like once he heard that, like, oh, we got Damn. these we got these video guys. He set up all this crazy shit, like a giant video wall and all this stuff, just assuming we knew how to use it. So it was a lot of learning on the job there, helping this helping this promotion with their production and whatnot, um, which was a lot of fun. You know, I, I met a lot of good people. Uh, I don't know if you watched dark side of the ring, but the lit, the recent, oh, uh, yes. the I Dino Bravo, the, the Dino Bravo episode uh, with Gino Brito. Gino Brito yeah. was actually like, he's, he's the guy who taught me all about like promoting and, and, uh, and booking and stuff. I learned from him and another guy named Joel and, like uh, so, I, I just I, I just sat on a, sat under a bunch of learning trees until it was time to start training, and then when I eventually started training, uh, at first they wouldn't even let me in the ring because they're like, oh yeah, we're not going to let you guys in the ring, blah, blah blah blah. Okay, so whatever. So we had to just learn technical wrestling on the floor. I learned all my shit from Player Uno when he was a kid, like fourteen years old. That's how I met him. <laughs> like this fourteen year old kid t- teaching you know twenty year old me how to fucking lock up and and uh, run transitions and shit. Um, but when it came time to get in the ring and start bumping, I could not tuck my head for the life of me. And I ended up knocking myself out in the ring and I got a really bad concussion and I, uh, they're like, okay, go sit down. So I sat down and then I got up and I walked to the back and I threw up everywhere. And then I just left and like, nobody knew I left. So everybody's freaking out, calling my fucking house. Like, where the hell are you? Blah, 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 blah. 
And it's like, yeah, you know, I went home. I didn't realize that, like, I was so fucked up. But uh, that's when I realized, okay, this is not for me. I'm not going to wrestle. So I said, but I still want to be involved. So what can I do? Um, yeah. I mean, I have the production work. I have all this stuff. And then I, I decided, okay, well, I'm going to do everything I can here. And I'm going to learn all that I can because I just want to stay involved in the wrestling business. What year did you go to that wrestling school? Do you remember? Uh, I started with that promotion in November of 2002. Okay, and, and then you promoted your first show three years later. Yeah, 2003, we started training. 2004, um, my friends and I pitched an idea based off of something we did in our backyard. In our backyard, we used to do a thing called WrestleFest, where we would get sure. together with a bunch of uh, promotions, like promotions, backyard groups from yep. all over the province, and we would just have like a big super card. So we pitched it to them. We were <clears> like, why don't we get... like like in Quebec, the wrestling used to be so fucking territorial. Like, promotions in Montreal all hated each other. Promotions yep. everywhere just hated each other. We're like, what if we can get them all together for one night to just get along, and everybody sends a match, like a title match or whatever, and we just throw out a big super card, you know what I mean? And uh, so the promotions just like, yeah, let's let's do this. And they, they reached out to all the promotions. Only one of them was just like, nah, fuck you guys, we don't want to do this. But the rest of them all came in, like like uh, IWS and all these big promotions, like 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 Steen was on it, Generico was on it, uh, Frankie the Mobster, a whole bunch of guys were on this show. And nice. because we came up with the idea, they were like, okay, well, we want Mike on the booking team. It's like, okay. So we ran that show. It was a huge success. And I was bit by the booking bug. And I just decided, you know what? I kind of want to keep doing this. But I want to do like my own thing somewhere. Right. But like it was always just a dream at first, though. Like I didn't think it was actually going to happen until I just I was like in a group conversation online on MSN Messenger dating myself. And uh, I just started making stupid jokes about like a man wrestling a giant spider. And uh, like uh, one of my friends was like, yeah, what if this guy like had a ladder match against a goat? Like an actual goat. And we just put together this really stupid show and uh, named the promotion something <laughs> something that would be I'd get fucking canceled for now. It was actually gonna be called Dead Baby Wrestling. Oh and, Jesus, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I worked a night shift and I was doodling and that's where I drew the raccoon. And I was just like, All right, well oh, okay. this is gonna this is gonna be the logo for everything I do. Boom. And then I drew like a, a terrorist cow, and I'm like, "Oh shit! Like this would be a cool gimmick, you know?" Boom. So then I get home and I tell my friend Valerie, the girl who I started the promotion with, all about it, and she goes, "Yeah, it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna have like all sorts of like interspecies combat." And I was like, "Wait a second, interspecies? Like, what about interspecies wrestling?" And she's just like, "Yeah." And then that's that's how it all started. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, like everybody was in on the joke. Like all my friends that like I'd made through wrestling were in on the joke. So like booking this thing was the easiest thing in the world. You know what I mean? Like just obviously this person gets it, they're in. This person gets it, they're in. Anybody who said it was stupid, they're not booked. Well, so. it's kind of like Quackenbush. Uh, he said in one of his his I saw him say it in a promo or one of his talking videos or whatever. And this is a couple years ago. Oh no, it was it was on the Art of Wrestling podcast with Cole Cabana. Mm. And he talked about the different flavors of wrestling and how Chikara is not everyone's flavor of wrestling, like ice right. cream, you know. But 
so it might be for somebody else and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I heard somebody say that wrestling is like pizza toppings. Yeah. Like what you like on your pizza, I might not necessarily like on mine, you know? Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, real quick. Was that event called CPW WrestleFest? Did you do two shows in one day? Yeah, it was CPW WrestleFest. Okay. Two right. shows in one day in, in the summer of 2004. August 14th, 2004. That's it. Uh, I'm a weird fact finder guy um but that's amazing uh okay so two matches on this card on the on the uh afternoon show yeah yeah, evening show so on the evening show you had kevin steen against beef wellington which i would pay fucking good money to see that because beef wellington was awesome and very underrated another guy a guy that never got enough credit for what he could do in the ring and i i absolutely agree it's not with us Beef Wellington was also a huge reason as to why ISW exists because Beef Wellington had a feud with a bear before, yep. which was which was literally just a guy in like a bear mascot costume, and oh, like that's that's almost where all of our like conversation about like this guy versus this and this guy versus this stemmed from yeah. was the fact that Beef had wrestled a bear. Well, so, it's like Tracy Smothers has wrestled three different bears. Yeah, see, yeah. but Beef should have just wrestled a dude in a bear costume who ripped the kids' arm off the match. I'll I'll tell you about this one in a second. And then in the afternoon show, you had Kevin Steen against El Generico, which I'm guessing they tore the house down. They did. Um, yeah, and yeah. also, but also on that show, um, there was a three-way match between Kit Kamikaze, Wonder Fred, and uh, uh, Stevie McFly, who was actually a very young Sami Zayn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I see it right there. Yeah, Kit Kamikaze, Stevie McFly, and Wonder Fred. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I, uh, I'm a. Uh, uh, oh, Lou Festo was a referee for Geronics against Tank, the NWA Quebec Heavyweight title. Yeah, I think she was actually injured at the time. That's why she couldn't take part in the show. So she was working as a referee. I remember seeing her at EWA in 98, 99 time frame. I think it was actually 99 when she was, she was called Precious Lucy then. Yes. She was managing then. And then she finally got in the ring and she wrestled. Um, what was her boyfriend's name then? Mark Jaguar, Jaguar Nagawa. Yes. Yeah. So Jaguar. I actually, when I, I saw her, I, I mean, I, I saw her a bunch during that time frame and then literally did not see her again for like 20 years because that's just how wrestling works. Like she didn't come back to Maine. A couple of times she was booked for shows and the shows fell through or, or she was injured or she couldn't make it or whatever. Right. But, uh, I had some old wrestling posters from EWA that she was on that I brought her to that show in Ottawa last September. Yeah. So, so no, I, nice. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the history of wrestling and I love finding, like I have the results to every show I've ever been to from 1989, That's, my first WWF show to today. That is wild. And I, and I have a running list of every show I've been to, you know, and I'm, I, I think I'm up to 254, which you think it would be more, but I went to my first show in 89, and my second show wasn't until 1995 when I was 16, and I could finally drive myself. I got my dad to take me to one, and that was it. And uh. then when I was working for EWA, I only went to EWA, basically. And then life gets in the way sometimes, but I, I've made up for it these last few years. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, 2012 Ford, I've made up for it. So. You came all the way up to Ottawa for it, too, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, uh, so in 2003, it was my fifth wedding anniversary to my first wife, and we, I had planned this trip for us to go down to K- 
Connecticut. We were going to stay the first two nights in Foxwoods, and then the last three nights down in the Danbury area. Wait, hold on. Just, hold on. Hold on. You had a practice wife, too? Yes. Yep. That's, that's what I call my first one, my practice wife. Yeah, it was a 15-year 15 15-year 15 practice. Uh, anyhow. <laughs> so, awkward. Let's go, let's keep going. No, no, it's not awkward. It's just I'm, it's fucking hilarious. I haven't heard that term before. I'm going to steal it. It's a keeper, uh, man. It's better than what I normally say. I, I, well, Bro, another thing let I, me tell I, you. I, what? I, said, I was going to say, let me tell you. <laughs> that's that's my nice term too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I well, I tell like my wife, my my uh, my mom, like, well, it only took me two times to get it right. It took you three times, so there. Right. Uh, and then the other thing I like to joke with my mom that she doesn't like a lot is I um I told my mom I was like, well, you know, you always wanted my brother and I to be our own individual. She goes, yes, I did. I go, but yeah, we even each had our own dad. And then she's like. She's like, you're an asshole, and then threatened to hit me, and but I can outrun her even at my weight. So, anyhow, uh, so we we had this whole vacation. I had this whole vacation planned, and then I was I used to frequent the website called the New England Independent. I don't know if you ever saw the NEI. No. And, uh, they posted that this promotion called Exobuco. What? Yeah, X O B O K U. It was in the, there was some capitalized and lowercase letters. Anyways, they were running a show in Danbury uh, on the week we were going to be down there. Except it was the it was the first half of the trip when we were going to be at Foxwoods and not the second half. So I switched the whole vacation around so I could go to Danbury to that show because Terry Funk was wrestling on the show. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Uh, on that show, they were advertising a rustling bear. And when the bear came out for his match, it was a guy in a bear costume. Oh, yeah. So I was like, Oh, come on. Like it was a bait and switch that pissed me off. Cause I want, I wanted to see a rustling bear, but then, you know, he took his head off and it was Mikey Whipwreck. So I was cool with it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Man. I, I too have been to a show with a guy wrestling in a bear costume. I've promoted shows with people wrestling people in bear costumes, so yeah. I think I got yes. you one up there. Oh no, one thousand percent you do. Yeah, I'm uh, friends with people who wrestled in bear costumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So your first show, your My first, first show. Uh, interspecies wrestling show, you know, um, mm-hmm. August twenty six, two thousand five, ISW one hit wonder. Yeah. Um, I don't know where Valley Field, Quebec is, but uh, you ran a couple of shows there, evidently. Yeah. But, uh, um, basically, Wonderfred, who I mentioned earlier, owned a venue out there, and it was just like run-down, horrible building. And he gave it to us for cheap, so... Oh, there you go. We just used it. Well, he had some great names on the first show. Larry Sweeney, Mike Quackenbush, Player Uno... You know, yeah. uh, we basically had the who's who of Chikara on the show back then. It was pretty awesome to have them all up there. I mean, like I had always looked up to Quack, like even reading stories about him and Reckless in PWI when Quack wrote for PWI back in the day. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. I remember the, reading those articles. Like, 
like I was a huge Mike Quackenbush fan without ever oh, even seeing a match too. at that point, you know, like just from reading his stories about how he'd travel with Reckless and one night he beat Reckless for a belt. So so he had to sit in the back seat of the car while Reckless <laughs> was driving pissed off, basically. And that was really cool, man. It was cool to finally like be able to see him wrestle live and like meet him and stuff. And yeah. Reckless Hughes is another guy that I think if he was wrestling today, he would be absolutely huge because, you know, I, was, back, I, I saw him wrestle live once and uh, I, I saw him wrestle live a couple times. Yeah. Like I used to go to Chikara shows. I went to, I went to like every major Chikara show in like 2006. So I saw him a few times uh, that oh, year. No, see, my first car show, car show wasn't actually until they did the Joshi Mania. I think that was 2011 or 2010. Yes. Um, I could look it up. I went to the one in Boston, but there was a promoter that came up here. Was a, a guy that came up from Tennessee, a money mark, who ran, started a promotion called Main Event Wrestling. And uh, he brought with him Smart Bart Sawyer. And mm-hmm. uh, the guy called himself Towel Boy something. Okay. Anyhow, uh, so he actually brought in Quack and um, Gran Akuma and Reckless Youth would, would come in for shows and they ran a couple of shows, but they ran the Portland Expo and, and Reckless Youth wrestled Mike Quackenbush in a two out of three falls matchup. That was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen live. Yeah, those guys knew each other like their hands. So, Oh, yeah, it was I mean, also on that show. We got to see the fabulous Mula and May Young Russell in a tag match, but uh Oh this my god! 2000, 2005, 2006. So, but um, yeah, no, I, I got to see that match live, and it's still one of the greatest matches I've ever seen to this day um, in person. Like you said, those guys just knew each other so well. It's like watching Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. Those guys wrestled each other a thousand times. They knew each other so well. They could just have an unbelievable match. Right, pretty much. But uh, yeah, like where were we? Right, where were we talking about? We got sidetracked. We were talking there. about your, your first show. Yeah, yeah first, I'm a sorry. sorry. First show, I called it One Hit Wonder because I thought that it was going to be so bad that we'd only have one. But we yeah. were stupid enough to keep going. And uh, eventually it got bigger. You know, like the first show, I think we drew like 60 people. And they were crazy French people who thought wrestling was real. So they would like try to attack people and stuff. It was pretty wild. Um, Larry Sweeney broke character and started swearing. <laughs> Which was uh, <laughs> something something to see, uh, yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was very interesting. I mean, I, it's not a show I'd ever watch again. I don't think because uh, I don't yeah. know. Just, yeah. Do you have all know. your shows? Do you have all the footage? I don't anymore. Um, uh, I actually that's see that's that's something I I quote unquote lost in the divorce, as in I left them at her place and she kept all my shit. So uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it happens, man. I, I mean, I can easily get other copies, right? Like, uh, it's not like I can't ask Smart Mark Video, hey, can you uh, hook me up with some discs? Oh, uh, that's true. I mean, if they have all the footage. I, I didn't know if like you had, like, the footage was gone now, but if Smart Mark has it all, that's true. I didn't even think of that. Right. Well, yeah, that was our that was our humble beginnings, running in a very shitty building in a rundown ring with yep. uh, a roster that's pretty much gone on to do freaking awesome things in wrestling and uh yeah so and and, and, and that showed it, that showed didn't help them at all what was that 
No, no, go ahead. That show didn't help them at all. Is that what you said? No, I'm just saying that, like, they went on to do big things, and it had nothing to do with that show. <laughs> well, what was the uh, your favorite show you've promoted in the last 15 years? Uh, my favorite show that I promoted, we did a show called... Uh, four years of this. It was our four-year anniversary show, and it had our first ever fans bring the Lego Deathmatch. And nice. for me, like that was just huge because of what it was. You know, it was the first ever of something we've become known for that people have fucking ripped off all over the world now. And uh, uh, it also because uh, the match involved. Uh, one of my best friends who's no longer with us, he passed away of cancer, which is why we do the fighting back events. And yep. it was just, it's so that match is just very memorable to me, which makes the entire show memorable to me. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Other than that, like our WrestleMania week show balls out. Like it was the biggest chance I've ever, like, it was the biggest risk I've ever taken in my life. Like we got asked, Hey, do you want to do this thing? It's called the collective. And uh, yep. I was ready to say no, because like, like the buy-in and everything were super was super expensive, and it was just like more than I'd ever spent on a show. And I'm like, yeah. uh, I'm like, I don't, I can do this, and I don't know if I'd even make this money back. You know what I mean? And then my wife, of all people, said she, she asked me, and I quote, "When the fuck are you ever going to get a chance like this again?" Yeah, and I just said, you know what, you're right. So we did it. Like we. We went balls out, like, like, uh, like budget wise, and you know, roster wise, and everything, and 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 we put on what I feel is the best show we've ever put on, and Boner Jam Four, yeah, Boner Jam yeah. Four balls out. That happened last April, WrestleMania week, and it's yeah. been on IWTV since it happened because that's where it streamed, and. Yeah. I, I check my stats on there, and every day people are still watching that show. And it's, it's oh like, no, I, I watched that show. I watched all is, the shows on WTV. It was an awesome fucking show. It's the craziest like thing to me. I know that one time it was like the sixth most watched show on there. Like wild, you know. Like uh, the two matches that I love the most on this show that stand out to me was the uh, Gymnasty Boys against Team Tremendous. Hell yeah. Because they're just they're both great teams, right? Excuse me. And then of course the uh, four way Lego death match with Matt Tremont, Abby Starr, Jeff Cannonball, and Nick Gage. Yeah, like I watched that show back, and there's nothing I'd change on it. Like that main event almost fell apart. We got a cease and desist from Lego for one, and then no two. Way. Hold yeah, on, we did. I'm sorry, you can't just gloss over that one. You got a cease and desist from Lego. Yeah, we did, and it wasn't the first one they sent us either. We've gotten two of them. Really? Basically, yeah. Basically, what happened? Basically, what happened was um, we're known for the Lego Death Mash. It's our thing. We had a T-shirt made with the uh, with the blocks all over it. It doesn't say Lego on it at all. There was a bunch right. of Japanese wrestling. There was a bunch of Japanese writing on it because the artist, being from Japan, you know, he made yeah. it look he made it look fucking sweet. And Japanese writing looks cool. That's why. Fucking teenage girls get Japanese writing tattoos and they don't know what the fuck it means. It just looks right. cool. Um, so we put the shirt up on PWTs and uh, it was labeled as Lego Deathmatch and somebody ratted it out to Lego. And I'm pretty sure I know who it was. There was a wrestler in Connecticut who had a real problem with us for some reason and would always post about how, oh yeah, Lego's bullshit, blah blah blah, Lego's not wrestling, yeah. blah blah blah. And 
I'm pretty sure that's who ratted us out, but somebody ratted us out and I received a cease and desist from uh, Lego. They sent it to PWTs who sent it to me and it was basically, hey, we need you to take this fucking shirt down. We'd like to, you know, we'd like to do with this amicably. Just please take it down. You know, like it was from their paralegal who's actually based in Hartford. <laughs> so, um, which is funny because we were running in Danbury at the time. So, yeah, like, we could have paid them a visit. And power bomb them on Lego, but we'd rather <laughs> we'd rather we'd rather deal with it nicely. So we took the shirt down. Um, but this most recent one, most recent one was um, our graphic designer had put the Lego logo on our poster, and it said okay. like you know fans bring the Lego deathmatch, and um, so Lego was running a uh, a big event. I believe it was at the Barclay Center. Or something like somewhere close to, or or wherever the Mets play. It's it's somewhere close to where we're okay. running the collective, right? Yep. They were running an event, a Lego event, on the exact same day as our show. So their their deal was they didn't want uh, people to get confused and think that our show was, you know, a, like a, a Lego run event because the logo was on it and we kept on saying Lego. So their deal was, hey, just, you know, get rid of it. Let's end this amicably. I was like, okay, fine. We're, I'm good. You know, I'll comply. You know, like they did nothing wrong. We did, you know? Right. So um, that's why we started calling it the uh, the brightly colored block deathmatch. Or like nice. the fans bring the redacted deathmatch. I prefer Danish death bricks. Like, uh, yes, because, hey, I watched the Toys That Made Us Lego episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. They're they're apparently very uh, litigious, so I uh, I didn't want to fuck with them. So we changed the name of the match, but that match also had other problems, as in because one of the guys who was supposed to be in it was a French Canadian hardcore wrestler named Viking, and uh, he ended up getting in a forklift accident at work, and it ended oh, his career, like mangled his leg. He had to get surgery. His career's oh, over. That's terrible. So I'm thinking, what the fuck can we do? Who can we put in there? And like crazy people were like, yo, put me in there, put me in there, put me in there. But a lot of them, it wouldn't have made sense because I'd never used them before. So to just shove them in my main event on my biggest show ever, it wouldn't have worked. And then I had guys who worked for me were like, let me let me go in there, let me go in there. And it would have been interesting because they're not guys you usually see in this type of environment. So they were an option as well. But then somebody just messaged me and was like, yo, what about Nick Gage? And I'm like... Would he fucking do that? Like, would he really want to do Lego? Like, I don't want to insult this guy and be like, hey, you want to come in my ring and bump on Lego with two guys and a female? You know, like, he might think this is a guy who fucking died in the ring once. You know what I mean? Like, is he going to is he going to take this, you know, as as seriously as somebody should, you know, which is not very like is but like, is he going to care at all? Like, is he going to want to do this? So I hit up Brett from GCW and I'm just like, yo, like, uh, I mean, I know you're tight with Gage. Like, I don't know, like, if he runs any of his social media or anything by himself, which I don't think he does. Um, can you ask can you ask him if he'd like to work this show? And he said yes and gave a good price. And I was like, all right. So we plug Gage in there. And like Gage was the guy I originally wanted in the match, too. So, like, yeah, it was fucking awesome because, dude, when I was like when I was a backyard wrestler at like up until I was 19 years old, I did that shit. And I used to get CZW tapes in the mail and Nick Gage was one of the guys I marked out for. So to have him in the main event of like my biggest show ever was the fucking coolest thing in the world for me, you know? And, uh, 
so he agreed to do it. Um, he kicked all sorts of fucking ass in that match. Plus, oh, I mean, yeah, Nick, Nick Gage, Nick Gage, and Joey Janela are the stars of the collective. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you oh, go to yeah, GCW, absolutely. when you go to GCW, the people you want to see are Joey, Nick Gage, everybody else. They're they're not too far under them, like fucking Chris Dickinson, of course, and like you know, uh, at the time Teddy Hart, I guess, uh, Orange yeah. Cassidy, et cetera, et cetera. But like those two guys are you know the cream of the crop when it comes to GCW, and we were the show, we were the first show of the collective to have Nick Gage, so we were the first time that weekend that people were going to see him, and the second that we announced that he was in that match, holy shit! I mean, our ticket sales doubled, and like I was obviously he's a proven draw. I went from being terrified that we were going to lose our asses to breaking even on ticket sales before we even opened the doors. Like, yeah. So Nick Gage is the fucking best. He was supposed to debut for limitless wrestling this past April at the limitless wrestling prom. The Russell prom was a tag team tournament show. And, um, that would have been awesome. Apparently, according to Randy, he was looking forward to it. (laughs) Not Randy, but Nick Gage to be in Russell prom. He's like, I mean, looking forward to it, definitely. That guy is legitimately just profanity and positivity. That's Nick Gage. Look at his promos. It's all, yo, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. I love you guys. Like, come on. Right. Well, you watch his entrances. Like, I I, I mean, I watched Uncharted Territory every week when it was on. You'd watch his entrances. They were fucking crazy. You know, getting out there and and mosh pitting around with the fans. He is both terrifying and endearing. Yeah, well, there's this, there's the one video, and he's at a show somewhere, and it looks like it's a fucking bomb scare attendance, and he's walking, and they have the barricades up. Yeah, the little, the little girl, and he's yeah. walking around to high five the little girl, and he put she pushes him. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, bring it, bring it," you know, and, and he's like, gent- is so gently pushing her back, and yeah. yelling at her to push him some more. It was awesome. I loved. I watched that that clip a hundred times probably. I couldn't get enough of it. I'm like, this is wrestling. This is why wrestling is awesome right there. This is why independent wrestling is awesome right there. The Nick first Gage. time the first time I met Nick Gage was at a Beyond. And I walked yeah. up to him, I'm like, Hey, what's up? My name is Mike. I'm a big fan. He just goes, Gage, and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> so uh when you're four years into your, your promoting, you, you put your first show on in, in, in the United States and Connecticut. How'd that come about to you running, running in Connecticut? Yeah, well, before we did that, we got invited to put on a showcase match at King of Trios in, in Philadelphia. Okay. And okay. it was uh, Player Uno defending the ISW belt against Twiggy. And uh, that weekend was when everything kind of came together. I met some people and... Uh, and uh, they really wanted to prom- start promoting wrestling, but they wanted to start. They want okay. They want to start promoting wrestling, but they basically wanted to do it with a promotion that already kind of was known. And I mean, that weekend solidified it for us. I mean, like we were we were on fire. Like we sold so much fucking merch that weekend. It was insane. And uh, so I met up with these guys, and we 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 drank a lot of beer. We ate a lot of chicken wings, and suddenly we were an American promotion. Um. My next question was going to be, did you have to have a local promoter in the States to, to run the shows? No. Oh, well, no. We just we ran them. Like, we went down That's and we ran awesome. 
Yeah. I, I didn't know how it worked. That's cool. No, we went down and we ran them. Uh, our first show was in Hartford inside of an – it was in an, an outdoor pavilion, which was really cool because my goal was always to run a show in a barn for some reason. And uh, this place was as close to a barn as we can get. Like, the bathrooms didn't have urinals. They had fucking trough. horse trough horse troughs yeah. that you piss in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, familiar with those. Yeah. And, like, there was a horse trough just randomly in the middle of the room that we filled up with water and used it in a match. And, like, it was it was awesome. Like, uh, that show was definitely one of my better wrestling memories, I think. That's awesome. I went to a show down in Florida in 2008 that was at the Florida fairgrounds and it was in a pavilion. It's like, you know, just a roof with a roof with, uh, no, no walls, but just, it was, you know, undercover under a roof, but there was just, um, legs. It's not the support beams holding the roof up. So yeah, it was in a pavilion itself. So basically like a barn. Yeah. Which is awesome, man. Like yeah, it was, it was cool, man. I'm like, I like, I like, um, I like doing bucket list shit. And I like uh, helping people, um, you know, live their dreams and do bucket list shit. Like, I've met people who who um, were like, oh, man, I used to, like, save my lunch money to buy your shows on DVD when I was, like, 14 years old. And I'm training to be a wrestler now. I'm like, well, then you're going to wrestle for me. Like, like That's shit awesome. like that, you know? Like, uh, like this, there's this kid named Nelson who lives in, uh, in Portugal. Nelson, Nelson Pereira. The super kid is what they call himself. And, like, his goal was to come wrestle for ISW. I'm like, well, fuck it. You find yourself over here. You're wrestling for us, you know? Like, I like to do shit like that, you know? Has like, he found himself over here? Yep. He's, he's been here for in uh, for a show in Canada, and he was on our biggest show in, uh, during WrestleMania week. So, he made it, you know? Um, we had a fan named Hiroto in Japan who's like, oh, my goal is to make it to the United States. Uh, oh, he was in the food fight. Yeah, Nelson was in the Nelson. food fight. Nelson yeah. was in the food fight. Okay, yeah, all right. Second but we had, a, we had a fan in Japan named Hiroto. We still, he's still one of our fans. He designs a lot of our t-shirts and whatnot. He's like, my goal is to see a show in America, to come see ISW. So I said, all right. And I set up an Indiegogo. And I was like, you know, well, like with, um, you know, like rewards and shit. Like people would get, you know, replica belts and stuff. And we ended up getting making enough money to fly this guy over so that he can come hang out at an ISW show and, like, hang out with all of us. And he actually also saw a Chikara show that weekend. He went to see the Cybernetico in New York City. So, like, you know, bucket list shit, man. I like oh, to yeah, live it. Yeah, I, I like to fulfill it. What's on your bucket list still, then? What's on my bucket Plus, list? I still yeah. never ran that show in a barn, my friend. Well, you got to do it. and You got to tell me when and where it is, and if I can go, I'll go. That's what I want, man. I want to run a show in a barn. And then I can stop doing this, but uh, I don't think I would stop doing this. I want to do a I want to do a million block Lego death match. Like I want that ring completely covered. I don't want there to be an inch of canvas showing. You know what I mean? Like, and then I gotta find people crazy enough to do it. So, like, yeah. But I want I want to do that. I actually want to hold a show, an outdoor show. But this probably would actually work really well in a barn as well. Um, yeah. I want to do a show called Mike Roch's Block Party, where every match involves Lego blocks in some way, shape, or form. Like I come up with, I would come up with different stipulations. Yeah, but they would involve Lego. Like maybe we would do like a Lego Taipei match where people stick Lego to their hands and then fight. You know, like uh, like just you could ba- have a basically Lego build off. 
can build the best. Lego build off. Yeah. Lego tables. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's, that's easy to do. Like, uh, you just get the, uh, the base plates, yep. you know, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, it'd be, it would be a lot of fun, man. I also wanted at one point one to do a, uh, my own version of a death match tournament, but it would be more just gross shit, like food fights and like, uh, like, uh, like, um, a, a match where there's like kiddie pools filled with pudding and like, you got to put your p- opponent on two out of three falls, like pudding match. And then like Lego stuff. And I was going to call it TOD, like, 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 uh, the tournament of death, but I was going to call it the tournament of discomfort because, <laughs> because by the end of the night, nobody's in that thing is going to be comfortable. <laughs> Not with putting everywhere in every crease. But no, like, ISW is literally like, I'm a madman, dude. I'm, 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 I'm certifi- certifiably mad, okay? I take medication for this shit. I'm crazy, man. Um, and, like, uh, I say that ISW is like paying $15, $20 to just spend a couple hours inside of my head. And, you know, if you enjoy that and you keep coming back, that's awesome. So, do you have any uh, bucket list stuff as a fan, not as a promoter, but as a fan that you still want to see or do or shows you want to go to or whatnot? Bucket list stuff as a fan, um, definitely that TDT versus Revival match. Yeah. I want to put I want to put that in everybody's heads. Okay. Oh like, fuck yeah! No, no flips, just no flips, just fists. That scraps both fucking teams. So yep. let's see these big boys scrap. You know what I mean? Um, bucket list shit. Um, I would like to see wrestling get gimmicky again. You know, like there's a lot of guys out there trying to be too serious. Uh, and like, oh, I'm just a wrestler. I'm just a wrestler. It's like, dude, no matter what, like it's it's all fake. We're all lying for a living. You know what I mean? Like we're convincing people that this shit's real. Um, like what's like like there's there's been like an uprising in gimmicks like with Danhausen and like Warhorse and stuff like that like these yeah. guys these guys got over like there's they probably have fans who were so into them just from these like YouTube promos or like the like the Twitter promos and whatnot and had never even seen them work so like right. then they get in the ring and they can fucking go so it's like well shit total package right there right. um like I, I I want more of that. I want more characters in wrestling. You know? No, I, I, I absolutely get what you mean because I think I think a part of what's missing in wrestling is is if like the Undertaker, you know? I mean he still makes it work. Right. Obviously. He's been the character for thirty years. But you're right, there's a lot of guys coming in now and they're just people. They're just yeah. you know, they're just they're just wrestlers. And I'm not saying we need to go back to having the big cartoony things like the goon and Freddie Joe Floyd and, and TL Hopper and all the shit that WWE WWF was doing in 95, 96 area. Yeah. There's but, a reason. Uh, there's a reason that those ones didn't last though. They weren't good. That was a bad gimmick, no, you know, like terrible. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. We don't need shit like that. But like you said, like Dan Housen and Warhorse or whatever. I mean, like they're, uh, you know, they I can't, the, the Dan Housen teeth thing. Like I know so many people that get so disgusted over that. Like he's pouring them. Like they're not, they're not real teeth. I mean, if yeah. they were, he'd be collecting the shit out of those when it was over because I'm sure they're expensive. But no, it's, it's you know, and the whole tequila thing, dancing on the apron and kicking someone. Yeah. I mean, 
it's it's entertaining. It's entertainment, is what it is, and it's awesome. And you, like you said, then you then you get good rustling out of it, right? I can't like I can't think, yeah. But like like Danhausen's promos, like he's so good at them that it's yeah. They almost they almost seem effortless. Like he has ones where he's just like nonchalantly laying there and talking, and it's still good. Like like the character's great. That's and he's definitely uh, committed. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, yeah. Another another guy I really like right now is Puff. I love Puff. I can't say I am. You're not a Puff fan? No, I I, I just I'm not I'm not a Puff fan. Well, you know, wrestling is subjective. I don't I don't no, shit, absolutely. I don't shit on anybody for not liking somebody. So absolutely, and and it has you know I'm just I'm just not a Puff fan. Hey, you know what? I was not a JT Dunn fan for many years. Okay. It took me a while. There's just something. I don't know what it is with me, but there's just certain people. And uh, sometimes, sometimes it takes a long time for somebody to grow on you, too, like yeah. wrestling wise. So, you yeah. know. I don't dislike Puff as a person. He's a wicked nice guy. I'm yeah. just not a fan of him in ring. I think he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I mean, like, <laughs> like he, he, he may also be a wrestler for people who aren't wrestling fans too, because like, I mean, my sister hates wrestling, but my brother-in-law is a photographer for a lot of the promotions here. So she goes to school, she goes to shows with him, not schools. What the fuck? Yeah, she goes to show, she goes to shows with him and she hates wrestling, but she fucking loves puff. Like the wrestlers who resonated the most with her, like in, in modern indie are puff and sunny kiss. Like, She's she's all about the characters, and those are two of the biggest characters you can find too. So, yeah, my daughter just turned eleven. She loves Puff. Yeah, see, she's a big fan. And then my my son, who's fourteen, he, he is uh, he's a um, he's indifferent. Uh-huh. My son, my son is 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 uh, it's funny because he's very much about um, he doesn't really like comedy and wrestling. I don't understand how. He became a wrestling fan via me because he doesn't really care for comedy and wrestling. He likes the straightforward wrestling, and I, I like I love all that as well. But like I like I, we talked about, you know, I like multiple different layers and, and right. flavors of wrestling. And, and he's more, yeah, he's a cheese pizza guy. <laughs> well, you know, cheese pizza is good. I like cheese pizza. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with cheese pizza. Cheese pizza, you can't really fuck up. So, I mean. Wrestling wrestling is just awesome. That's just what it is, you know. Like, oh, wrestling maybe, is awesome. Maybe eventually he'll he'll learn to like, you know, maybe maybe comedy wrestling is pineapple because it's not for everybody. Right, right. Yeah. No, for me, like when it comes to wrestling, and my, my uh, there's a lot of things in my life since I was a child that have come and gone. You know, like I, I like certain cartoons or toys or. I was into comic books for a while, then I wasn't, and now I'm back in them again, then I'm not, and I am, you know. And I, I dip my toe in and out of a lot of different things, and but the one constant thing I've always been passionate about, I've always loved and never stopped loving, is is professional wrestling. Right. Oh. Like I've had points, I've had points in my life where I've fallen out of love with wrestling. Like, uh, I like uh, there was a point when. I think I just kind of got pressured into it because I was the wrestling kid in school. You know, like everybody's like, "Oh, it's a wrestling oh, kid, yeah. it's a wrestling kid." I got picked on for that. You know, it's it was it was it was a hard time being a fat kid who liked wrestling. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, I do thousand percent. I do. So, like, you know, uh, 
Uh, what was I going to say? Yes, yeah, so that happened. And uh, I stopped re- watching wrestling for a few years. I think I just kind of became interested in girls and stuff. But uh, then, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin happened. And yeah. he's hitting people with chairs. And it's like, you know, for several years, people weren't really doing that. You know, hitting no. people with chairs. So it was cool to see that again, you know? like. And well, I've that's, always, I've always that's how I got back guts in wrestling. And yes. Like... I I got I think I've never stopped loving wrestling, but I have been turned off by WWE's product. Um, when you have a steel cage match and no one gets any color, why the fuck are you having a steel cage match? I don't even understand that. Like that's the point of it, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know, man. Blood and guts and wrestling too is it, that's a good way to get anybody who says they don't like wrestling to start liking wrestling. Like you show them a death match and they're just like, holy fuck, this is real. <laughs> like right. Yeah, what's what's your favorite time frame of wrestling to watch? Then, like, if you were to sit down and go, you know what, I'm going to throw this in because I want to watch what I loved, or what what time frame of wrestling I love the most. What what tape are you putting in the VCR there? Um, you know what, man, it wouldn't even be a tape because it would be the recent stuff. Like, um, oh, yeah. right now, like I'm really into like I'm into my local stuff like C4, and oh, I mean. Awesome. The Montreal scene is is popping, you know, like like here in Ottawa, like this town, like I said, you know, fifteen or seventeen years ago, there was no wrestling here. Now yeah. there's now there's three promotions and they all sell out. Like like C four has a seven hundred person venue and like you get better get your ticket in advance or you're not getting in there. Like like Yeah, they held mine for me. It's wild. Uh so right now, like that's that's this is the era I'd want to watch, you know, like it's booming where I live, and that's awesome. huge for me. And you have a there's a lot of great talent up in Canada that yeah. are only wrestling in Canada right now. I mean, maybe they're getting overseas stuff, but they're not wrestling down here in the states. Right. And I'm a little jealous of it because there's a lot of guys up there. TDT being the top, of course, that I would love to see come down here. <laughs> love to see in person. Um. When we got Limitless four years ago, four and a half years ago, I mean, that's when main wrestling really stepped it up. Yeah. And, um, you know, for me, going one of my bucket list things was I always wanted to go to a show in another country, just generic another country. Why? I don't know. Just did. Uh, but I definitely wanted to go to, wanted to go to a C4 show. And yeah. when we, we planned the trip to Ottawa, like in February last year, um, one of the things was I was like, shit, I hope somebody's running a show while we're there because we're going to be there four nights, but I hope C4 is running a show. And it wasn't too long after that. I saw Ethan page at a limitless show. And I asked him, I said, Hey, do you know anyone that's running? Like, do you know if anyone's running a show this weekend? I know it's seven months out, but I mean, are you aware of anything? And I explained everything. And he, he's like, hold on. He's looking at his phone. He's like, yeah, no, no one is that I know of right now. And I was like, all right. So then I saw him again in May. I asked him again and he's like, no. And I said, what about C4? He's like, yeah, no, C4 doesn't have anything planned that day. And then I had message to Grayson on uh, Facebook through Facebook yeah. messenger. And okay. I asked him and I said, Hey, are you aware of any shows? I'm going to be in the area. Yada, yada, yada. And he goes, if I hear anything, I'll let you know. And I was like, oh, okay. And quite frankly, I didn't think I'd hear anything from him at all. And C4 hadn't announced anything yet for a show in that September. And it was 
think it was the 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 the, the benefit cancer show with with Cody and MJF. Yeah, August was the day was the day they announced it the, mm. the, for the next month. And it was actually two days before that show, I got a Facebook message from Stu Grayson that said, you know, yes, yeah, September 20th, C4 is going to have a show. Just don't say anything. Uh. I was like, okay, dokie. And then like two days later, the, the announcement was made. And I was like, oh, shit. So I was, I was uh-huh. super excited. Super, That's awesome. Super excited. Yeah. And I contacted C4 about, because I really wanted to get a front row ticket if I could, but they don't sell their tickets online. And, I tried reaching out to some some fans to see if I could pay pounds some money if they would pick me one up, and I didn't succeed there at all. But C four was like, "We'll hold you a ticket. Like we'll put your name on a ticket at the door. Don't worry yeah. about it. You know, you'll you'll get in." I was like, "Well, I'll absolutely take that." So, yeah, they're like C four is actually run by like one of my best buddies too. Like, um, I've known I've known Mark from C four since like, wow, two thousand four. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Like so. Like yeah. C four is awesome, man. Like yeah. they'll yeah. absolutely work with you. Like that guy loves packing that house, and he. Oh yeah. Every promoter loves it, and like it's flattering when a, when somebody drives in from out of town or from another country to see you. You know what I mean? Like we've had yeah. fans come in from Japan, Peru. Um, uh, we've had fans like come up to Ottawa from Texas, like. It's Damn. fucking, it's crazy. Like, yeah. Well, you know, to me, it's like I never got to go see ECW at the ECW arena. I right. never went to an ECW show, and I regret that because I don't know what it was, but back then I just thought driving to Massachusetts to go to wrestling is just so far. And now it's like, no, it's not. It's not at all. Why the fuck didn't you go? Like, I had I had friends that were at the uh, the show in Revere, the mass transit incident happened and everything, and it's wow. Like, I just, I wish I would have taken the time to go to some of those shows. And it's the same thing. Like I'll never see PWG at the, uh, the Legion hall there, especially now that it's been torn down. Mm. So it, it was one of those things where it's like, I, that's where I kind of started my bucket list of like, like I want to go and the two things I think will never happen, but I want to go see a show in Mexico city at yeah. uh, Mexico. And I want to go to Japan. I don't need to go to the Tokyo dome, but I want to go to Japan. I want to see wrestling live in Japan. And, uh, those things will probably never happen. But one thing I could make sure happen was I could fucking drive to Canada and go to Ottawa and, and go to a C4 show and experience that, that crowd that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, like I, I always wanted to go to a show in another country too. My first ever show in the U S was a Jersey all pro show in like, I want to say 2003, I think it was called like Halloween hell. And, it had uh, Kevin Generico, uh, Sexy Eddie, a bunch of guys from up here were on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I went down there to, you know, be with my friends and support them, and it was really cool. Beef Wellington was on it as well. Who was your favorite wrestler as a kid? Dynamite Kid. Uh, no. that's, that's, how, that's how I started watching wrestling. Um, so basically, I hated wrestling as a kid because my they came on at noon on Saturday mornings. And that usually meant that, you know, Hey, Saturday morning cartoons are done because it's wrestling time. And my dad was going to watch wrestling. And I'm just like, Oh, I don't like this. It's not cartoons. So it infringe, it like cuts off my cartoons. So I'm not a big fan. And, uh, 
then one year for Christmas, my uncle got me some LJN wrestlers and I got the British Bulldogs. So yeah. I was just like, hey, like I have wrestling toys. Maybe I should watch wrestling to see these guys on TV. You know, I want to see my I want to see my toys in real life. And the yeah. toys I gotten were the British Bulldogs. And I immediately was just like, these guys are amazing. You know, like so David Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid were my favorite wrestlers. But Dynamite Kid was the one that always stuck with me. Oh, so. Dynamite Kid's the man. I'm a huge fan of Dynamite Kid. I had the LJNs myself. And, um, you know, the I just his mask, his matches, not with just Tiger Mask, but I mean, they were unbelievable. Like his matches in general were awesome. With anybody, I mean, that's, yeah. Who's who's uh, who's your favorite now? My favorite yeah. now, um, it's a tough one. I know. I you know, I, it's it's weird. Like I haven't watched a lot of wrestling recently. Like my favorite wrestler, I think right now might be Chris Jericho. Like okay. he's he's definitely my favorite to watch. Like right now, because yeah. like he's he's the one guy who has just reinvented himself so many times. Like whenever he starts to get stale, he comes up with something. You know what I mean? Like. Yep. Oh, like, yeah, no, absolutely. There's always a time where it's like, you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of seeing Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? Like, and then suddenly he comes out with the whole list thing and being best friends with Kevin. And then they split. And then it was like, okay, fuck yeah, let's see them fight, you know? And then, and then, you know, he leaves. And then, like, like basically now in, he's in AEW. Anything he says gets put on a t shirt. Like, oh, yeah. A little bit of the bubbly, boom, money. You know, like, yeah. Le Champion. Yeah, he's money. Yeah. Um, he is. He is. Oh, fucking he, he absolutely is. Yeah, and he's like the only guy, you know, his age who's still delivering. You know, like on a regular basis too when he wrestles. Right. Like he doesn't. He never goes in there and just mails it in. Chris Jericho's the shit. Well, Dustin. Okay, he blocked me on Twitter. Dustin's so fuck older. it. He, but he, he blocked me on yeah he blocked me on Twitter because I I made a joke about how when he was gold dust he would run the ropes and had a really floppy dick, <laughs> so so he blocked me he had a really floppy dick man you see that thing bouncing around in that fucking loose ass gold suit and he got mad about it and he blocked me so fuck you gold dust we got <laughs> we got heat okay fair enough <laughs> oh yeah he's awesome I think gold dust is is one of the he has like the smoothest bumps in wrestling. Yeah, but I mean, but you look at two of the guys in AEW right now, like you said, like Chris Jericho and and, and Dustin. They're both. Well, I think Jericho's forty eight, Dustin's fifty, maybe hitting fifty one soon, and and those guys can both still go. Hell yeah! And even Jericho tonight against uh, Sugar, you know, uh, what do you call it? Pineapple Pete, but you know, yeah. uh, Sugar Duncan. I still need to that watch it. it. I re- I recorded it. I'm going to watch it after we're done. It was entertaining as shit. So. Yeah. Um, Shug D is amazing, dude. Shug D actually performed my wedding ceremony. So, like, he's oh, a good wow. friend of mine. He's a good friend of That's mine, awesome. man. And like, he's a hard worker. He's worked. He's worked my shows, and I've yep. seen him on other ones as well. Like, like he's 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 a well liked guy. He's 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 super hardworking, and I'm very proud of him. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you have any shows get canceled on you because of the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic gimmick? Uh, I have a show this Saturday that's not happening. Oh, <laughs> like shit. this yeah. coming Saturday, yeah, we are going to promote a show called Masters of the Universe in conjunction with a vintage toy show. So I figured, you know, hey, let's uh, let's get a cease and desist from Mattel. Where was that supposed to be? Uh, in Kanawaki, Quebec. We're, it was going to okay. be in conjunction with like the vintage toy show, like I said, 
and uh, I yeah. figure, fuck it, at this point I'm collecting cease and desist letters, so we might as well get another one. Uh, we went with Masters of the Universe, and uh, it was basically going to be a tournament with um, a bunch of kind of undiscovered guys, because yep. a lot of the guys weren't available that weekend that we usually book, and we had committed to the uh, we had committed to the toy show to run with them, yep. and I wanted to do something. So I'm like, you know what? We could still we could, we could do anything. I mean, as 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 much as I love our roster, nobody in ISW is the draw. The draw is the company oh, as a whole. You know what yeah. I mean? Like ISW like, itself is the brand is the draw. Absolutely right. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of guys who work characters out there who nobody's ever seen before. So I figured, you know what, maybe I could be the one to blow them up. You know, um, we brought a lot of guys to the U S for the first time who are now big, like speedball, Mike Bailey, uh, TDT, um, you know, guys like that. So like, I would, I would love to be a platform for dudes out there who, you know, have never been heard of. I mean, you said it, you know, there's a lot of guys in Quebec and Canada who have you know, they don't leave their area. So, you know, um, through IWTV, through SmartMark Video, through all that stuff, we can, we can kind of blow them up a little bit. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a tournament of guys that nobody ever really had seen before. And the main event was actually going to be... Um, it was it was going to be a Lego death match, but there was going to be more toys in it as well. So it was going to be like a toy box death match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, COVID happened and... Meh. COVID. Yeah. Right. right. No, it's, it's, it's fucked up a lot of things. Yeah, 2020 can just uh, suck a big dick. Yeah, unfortunately, as much as I, I hate to agree with you on that, I mean, it's it's been... Yeah. Hasn't been a great year. But, uh, so, like, were you going to have, like, Junior Benito on the show? He was a guy I saw last September that... Impressed the hell out of me. He was, uh, he's one of the guys I contacted, but then I found out right afterwards that he and a bunch of others were already booked on another show, which was like two hours away from us. Wow. Yeah, but I don't know, like, I don't want to call this promotion out or say their name or anything, but that's two shows in a row now where we announced a date and suddenly they did too. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do. Like, yeah, I don't know, like, whatever. Um, well, you don't have to say any dates, but do you have anything planned for later this year? No, because I don't Just, know what's I don't know what's going on this year at all. I would have liked to have done our 15 year anniversary show in August, yeah. but I mean, who knows what's going on? I mean, they've already canceled they've already canceled um, events with large gatherings like music festivals and shit going into the summer. So, I mean, I don't I yeah, don't think I, had, uh... I don't think there's a chance of us running a show in August. I know right now here in in Maine they're trying to slowly open things back up and and everything, but uh, they're still not allowing you know groups of more than ten. And I want to say, I think it's July first. They're going to start allowing groups of fifty as long as everything is going well and we don't have a spike or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like the mayor of Boston's canceled all large gatherings through Labor Day weekend. So yeah. like I had tickets to Guns N' Roses at Fenway Park in July. Uh, oh my god! Tickets, that would have been. I'd, I've always wanted to go see Guns N' Roses. My my mom wouldn't let me go when I was thirteen when they were here in Maine. So uh, I went to see them. I went to see them. Um, 
don't expect them. Don't expect them to hit the stage before midnight. <laughs> because like I went to see them. I had one tickets and yeah. I went with my, I went with my brother-in-law and there was two opening bands. There was some guy named Danko Jones. Who I've never heard of. And then yeah, there was yeah. Sebastian, Sebastian Bach singing all the Skid Row oh, nice. stuff. And when, when, remember, uh, it was before they got back together. It was Axl Rose and his cover band, basically. Okay, yeah. And uh, what happened was, so that the the openers end, and then they played through like uh, a Pantera album two and a half times in the arena. Like they they played the album two and a half times, and then it happened. And it was just like, holy fuck. By the time they got to an encore, we had to leave. Like, we couldn't even stay. Like, it was 2.30 in the morning. We had to work the next day. Like, but yeah, well, don't don't expect them to be on before midnight. Well, they, they, they've been doing better lately, but the opening act for our show at Fenway Park was Smashing Pumpkins. That's interesting, man. That's cool. Yeah. So that would have been amazing. But now I'm... They haven't. They haven't officially announced anything yet. I don't know if they're going to postpone or cancel or or what they're going to do. But it's not like they can postpone to the winter because there's no other venue large enough, right? And you know that, that can fit what Fenway Park was going to have in it. Um, and then I had we have tickets to AEW that was supposed to be April fifteenth and got pushed back to August fifth. So I'm assuming that'll be either postponed or canceled. And right. Tickets to Kiss in September up here in Maine, and I'm assuming the same thing there. So, man, I think people are going to stop buying tickets so far in advance now. I, I yeah, I think well, probably. I think so. I think a lot I of mean, things are going to come out of this, dude. I think that, I think that movie theaters are going to die. I think that uh, gyms are going to suffer because people are discovering that they can get the same workout at home. Um, yeah, I think that a lot of people are going to come out of this as alcoholics <laughs> <laughs> because I know a lot of people that are just drinking, drinking, drinking. I think that a lot yeah. of people are going to come out of this fatter because a lot of people are just like, fuck this. You know, I don't have my gym. I'm just going to eat food. Like, good for you. Have fun. Yeah. You know, like do what you got to do. The world's on pause. Fucking have fun. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to come out of this prison shredded because, <laughs> A lot of these people are just, you know, I, I ain't got nothing to do. I'm going to do fucking push-ups, you know? Like, so they're going to come out of this, like, prison jacked, you know? Um, oh, yeah. I know my wife is still working, and I'm I'm still working. Um, so we're fortunate there, we feel. Yeah, 911 never goes on pause. Yeah, no, it doesn't. But, uh, you know, so we, we feel fortunate there. But it, it is it is very unique. I mean... It's been a very unusual lifestyle now for the last two months, and it looks like at least another month of this going on, at least here in Maine. She just put, but our governor just pushed the civil emergency back to June 11th. So, yeah, we got pushed back to about another month. So I think it's around then as well. Um, yeah. But one thing though, just like we were talking about, how Gatineau's just over the bridge. Yeah, they reopened all their schools. Like there are kids oh, really? going to school. There are kids right now as of the 11th, and that scares the shit out of me, man. Like, my nephew goes to school out there, and, like, he gets bullied mercilessly, and they don't do shit about bullies. What the fuck are they going to do to protect these kids from something they can't see? You know what I mean? Like, Is the whole province of Quebec open back up or just getting... Um, 
everywhere except Montreal, I believe. Montreal closed everything because there was an outbreak at a uh, a daycare a daycare facility. There was an outbreak. Oh, right. Yeah, it was. It's an emergency daycare uh, set up for um, first responders. So, like yeah. the children of first responders and uh, other essential people were going to this yeah. daycare, and somebody brought the virus there, and a bunch of kids got COVID. Damn. Yeah. It's pretty awful right now, man. A lot of things, a lot of bad things this, going on. This, this is the first thing in our lifetime that's really affected the the whole world like this, you know. And right, it's, def- like, it's like, definitely like, different. Like I mean, we lived through SARS, we lived through H one N one and uh, uh, the West Nile virus, and they were nowhere near this bad, you know. Like, well, no, this, they definitely this shit's crazy. Us like this. Yeah. No. Right. No, they definitely didn't affect us like this. Like this has. Well, the one thing, the one thing I remember was when I was a kid here in Ottawa, there was a there was like a meningitis outbreak, and huh. um, the school right near my school, there was a high school near where I went to junior high, and a bunch of people, a bunch of a bunch of teenagers there got it and died, and damn. So like we all had to get like meningitis vaccines, and like we were we stayed home for a bit and stuff. Like that's the closest I've ever had to something like this. Well, and that was only no, that wasn't that wasn't as long as this for damn sure. It was like maybe a week. Yeah, no, I've I've definitely never experienced anything like this before, or even similar or close to it, um, right. that I can remember. So, yeah, life is weird, but man, like I I'm optimistic that yeah, it's gonna, yeah. we're we're this time next year we're going to be good. You know, like we'll absolutely be, I, business as usual. Twenty twenty is a wash. Uh, at least it feels like it is. Uh, so 2021, hopefully, will be better and brighter. Um, it's this is a practice year. Like my first marriage was my practice marriage. <laughs> I don't see. I don't. It was funny. Arn Anderson on his podcast this morning when someone had asked him on about, uh, or I listened to it this morning at least about if he thinks this is going to be the death knell for house shows, and he doesn't think so. I think and house shows are already dead. Well, he he thinks actually this will once they start doing what once they start having audiences again, and then once they start doing house shows again, people are going to be so excited to go see right. wrestling live that people they're going to have a it'll be a boom. Are, people are going to be excited to do anything like oh yeah. you know like. Right now, people can't even go into a park and sit on a bench. You know, like right. you, like green, like in where I live, green spaces are open. Like a park is open. You can go to the park, but your kids yeah. can't play on a play structure. Your kids can't even play on like a soccer field. Um, you can't sit on benches. Like you can bring a blanket and sit on the blanket, but yep. that's all you can do. Like people are going to be so happy when they could sit on a bench again. <laughs> like the uh, like, drive-in theaters are opening in Maine. And they have to limit the number of. They have to do online ticket sales. They have to limit the number of cars they can allow per screen. Like there's a couple drive-ins that have two screens, right. and most of them are just doing one feature instead of a double feature. Because the thing of a drive-in, it's always a double feature. But they're right. just doing one feature because you know bathrooms. They really mm-hmm. don't want people using the bathrooms unless they're having an emergency or whatever. So, but I feel like they're they're going to get you know sell out because. Theaters have been closed for so long that just even going to the drive-ins, going out and doing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just you know, something. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm sure people would love to just even go to the grocery store right now without 
having to answer, you know, like, uh, like, like right now going into a grocery store here feels like you're crossing the border. Like, oh, yeah. like, like, where have you, like, who are you, et cetera, et cetera. Like you, you, you get interviewed basically. Like, have you left the country? Have you come into contact with anything? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. You can go in. Like, it's insane. Like, so are the bridges closed between Ottawa and Gatton at all? I mean, yeah. How right. Is- well, right, right now there's, it's limited. Like it's like, if you work in Ottawa or work in Gatineau, like, like you cross the bridge for work, you're able to come across and stuff. And like essential people yeah. who had to cross and whatnot. But, um, if you're just coming across for the fuck of it, like they might not let you cross, you know, like yeah. it all depends on when and who I guess is working. But like a lot of, like some people can't, are not allowed to cross over. It's kind of similar between like New Hampshire and Maine. Where it's like if 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 you're coming into Maine from another state, you need to quarantine, self quarantine for two weeks before you go right. anywhere, do anything. Uh, unless, right. of course, you live in New Hampshire and you're your central worker coming to work in Maine, like down at the Portsmouth Naval Shipyard. Right. You know, so it's it's one of those type of things as well. And I don't know. I know, like the border between United States and Canada is closed through mid June now. I think it's June twenty first. Yeah, and that sucks because my family's in the U.S. and I miss my family. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is insane. So yeah, I think, this can't this can't last forever, but right. But it's lasting long enough to where it feels like holy shit. Like, if this doesn't end soon, I'm going to go crazy. Yeah, I, I get you there. I mean, I'm glad to see like I like I have no one's ever cared about Korean baseball before, but man, that's all anyone's talking about right now because ESPN's showing Korean baseball and people are excited to watch it live at five in the morning or the replay at two in the afternoon or whatever it is. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I know a bunch of people that are just like, Did you watch the game this morning? I'm like, No, I didn't watch Korean baseball this morning. I, I <laughs> wasn't on my radar. I don't even have cable, so it wasn't on my radar. Oh boy. Korean baseball, man. That's, and that's, that's not as, that hasn't reached up there yet. Uh, I don't know, actually. Like, it's funny because like I was watching, I was I was watching Raw yesterday, or was yeah. it yesterday? There two days ago, I was watching Raw, yeah. and during the like during the break, it would show like sports highlights, and I'm like, what the fuck are what the fuck sports are they even like pretending to highlight right now? You know what I mean? Like none of this shit's happening. Like how old is this stuff? <laughs> It was funny. Awesome. It was probably Korean baseball. No, no, it was like hockey and stuff. Like, oh, I'm like the hockey season's been over since you know this started. Do you think so. they're going to start the season back up? I've heard rumors. I've I've heard that was it baseball that's starting up again. Well, or- allegedly baseball could have games as early as Fourth uh, of July weekend. However, right. which is which is typically near the All Star break. However, they'll they'll be playing in empty empty stadiums. Um, you know, the NFL is supposed to be playing most likely in front of empty stadiums. Uh, XFL obviously went out of business, but I mean, I'm curious if hockey's going to come. But I mean, if the NFL is playing in front of empty stadiums, they could just pretend they're the XFL. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, or the joke we made when baseball is playing in front of these games. Oh, so you're going to a Marlins game. Nah, Uh, that's fine. Florida Marlins. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious if hockey's coming back or not. Because if it's not, then they just need to give the Stanley Cup to the Bruins and get it over with. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that. I mean, because they're—I mean—they're—they're they're in first place right now. I mean, they're—they're they're the team that, if the season were to end, they're the ones that are mathematically in the lead for the whole 
you know, the whole all of NHL, so Yeah. Just give it to them. <laughs> just I think if anything, we're just we're gonna get the playoffs. You know what I mean? That's gonna be it. Yeah, like probably. Yeah. They'll go right to yep. the playoffs. Whoever is the highest in the in the standings is just going to the yep. playoffs. Yeah. So I believe it. Whew. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be nice to see anything, I guess. But yeah, brother. Well, I appreciate you chatting me tonight. Hey, man. Thank you, man. This was great. Yeah, I know we went a long way around a bunch of different, different, different things, and there was no real. Uh... <laughs> There's no real wrestling talk, but fuck it, man. It was it was a conversation. Outlining to the show, it was just a fun conversation. So, like, and that's really all I look for: fun conversation. Yeah, that's all it should be. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. All right, Mike. Thank you.